0: We have a great staff and people. When they come into the tap room, they feel it, and so we have so many regulars that all they want to do is say, "How can I work here?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. I cannot. I want to hire more people. That's and why I said four years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Drop the Disc Podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in to this post-4th of July episode. Today, we have a special one with Savannah River Brewing Company. Now, we haven't caught up with them for a little bit over a year, but you've been hearing a lot about them on our show, so we wanted to bring on some new members to talk about the new things that they have going on. In this episode, you'll hear Taproom Manager Jim Christian, Salesman Andrew Tibria, and former guest of our show, Mr. Robert Young of Tap 33, who's been working with them as a contract brewer, but only recently joined the team.
2: And they were like, uh, how about you come work for us? And I was just like, yo, that would be amazing, Um, especially with proof of concept.
1: We talked to them about all the positive momentum that the brewery has going on, leading all the way back to February of last year.
0: And then COVID hits. And then all of a sudden we have to just change everything that we're doing. There's no model for this.
1: All of these guys have different stories and different relationships with the city of Augusta.
0: All I knew about it, yeah, all I knew about Augusta was swim meets that I would come to when I was a kid. That's all I knew. Landed here and fell in love with the city. And we learn a fun fact about Jim that makes him probably
1: one of the most qualified brewery general managers in the industry.
0: Mm. It's got a 70% fail rate for first time takers. And I passed it the first time. So that was pretty cool. That's (laughs) awesome.
1: Thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode. We hope that you had a fun and safe 4th of July. Yesterday, we're wishing everybody a happy Independence Day. I am actually recording this episode from my girlfriend's family vacation in New Jersey. So lots of fun stuff going on for everybody. We hope you guys are having fun as well. This episode, like every episode, even on the 4th of July weekend is presented by nancy powell of palin associates and usually i would go into this huge thing about how trustworthy she is how knowledgeable she is how experienced she is and how her and chris and i have all worked together in real estate but i don't have to do that because you've heard it all before i'm just going to tell you that if you have any questions in the real estate market give nancy powell a call She's Augusta's favorite broker. Her number is 706-717-1281. And if you're voting in the Cyber City's Best Awards, make sure to go ahead and vote for her for broker and for agent because we love Nancy and we love how she supports the community.
3: Hey, guys, I'm Chris. Hey, guys, I'm David. And uh, we're Drop the Disc Podcast. We're here with uh, three special guests today. Unusual. And uh, this is actually a kind of a part two. It's an interesting episode, to say the least. But uh, they're they're partners of ours for uh, the podcast, and you'll be excited to hear them. You
1: guys have heard about them every single podcast since at least 2018.
3: And if this podcast does not drive you to drinking, if it does, (laughs) choose Savannah River Brewery. (laughs) And uh, today we are here with... Robert Young, assistant brewer
2: at Savannah River.
0: Jim Christian, Capri Manager and Events Coordinator at Savannah River Brewing Company. Andrew Tibria, the state of South Carolina sales rep for Savannah River Brewing Company. First of all, pause.
1: Andrew, what is your podcast? Because your voice is so smooth and deep right now. Like, do you
4: do voiceovers for NPR or something on the I side? I've been told I have a very, very, a very good voice for radio, but I've yeah. never actually uh, uh, went, went about it. Um, I went to Newberry College for a communications degree. Very cool. And I actually held a, a radio station. We had a radio station at Newberry College. We did that, and I actually was the DJ for about two or three years.
1: I'm there. really excited to get into that. This is going to be this going to be fun. a fun conversation yeah, with everybody. It is. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I guess let's start it this way. Um, since last we checked with Savannah River Brewery. Uh, Jim, as the taproom manager, you were not the taproom manager at that time. I was not. Tell us what's changed aside from
0: that. So what's changed is Jim's there now. No Big deal. Ooh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, a lot's changed, no doubt about it. You know, we uh, survived COVID like a lot of folks did. Uh, a year passed now and the masks are off and the tables are back. The sneeze guards are down and the crowds are coming back. Um, we have a mostly new bar staff, I guess, that I'm really super proud of, Uh We have this amazing buzz. We see it every day when people come in. People are so happy to be out. So People are so happy to be at the brewery. And I feel like it's just a reflection of the beer, obviously, but the vibe that we set at the brewery. Um, We have a lot of fun. It's an exciting place to be, and we see it all the time.
1: You guys are a ton of fun, and the trivia is definitely BS, but that's okay. We can move on from that. I only say that because I'm not competitive when I play. Um, The way we're going to start this episode is by we're going to introduce the listeners to each of you personally, and then we're going to talk about the brewery, more details about what's been going on, what to expect this summer, and any other cool things we can think about. So because we've actually done an episode with this man before – we are going to lead today off with the guy photo Chris right now, ooh, uh, ooh. Mr. Robert Young, the newest What's going on? brewer at Savannah River Brewery. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah,
2: that's correct.
1: Tell us how, how. The last time we interviewed you, you were uh, you had your pineapple jalapeno uh,
2: beer that yeah. you were brewing at Savannah River Brewery. No, I brewed that at home. Actually. You brewed that, that at yeah, home? Yeah, that was a home brew. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was just a test batch for some stuff. And I was that makes it more impressive, crazy. honestly.
1: I've, you know, since then, you know, we were talking about this before the show. It was one year B.C., which is, of course, before COVID. Right. What has What has happened with you since then? How did you end up at Savannah River Brewery?
2: Yeah, that's a good... We're happy to see that you're there, by the way. Yeah, so when I met y'all before, I was trying to put a brew pub on Broad Street, which I'm still trying to do, um, and then... COVID happened, obviously, um, and that kind of put a hold on everything. And so I reached out to uh, Savannah River for um, distribution brewery. And I am basically in the process of getting my licenses for distribution. And I reached out to them and kind of talked to them. And it was like, hey, you know, I still want to get my beer out on the street. I still want to get it in the bars and the restaurants. Uh, Let's do a contract brewing. And I met with Mike at uh, SRBC. And he was like, yeah, that's something that we can possibly do. Um, And then he kind of came back to me and was like, yeah, that actually sounds like a good idea. And so I was like, all right, I'll get my recipe formulated and, you know, I'll do a contract brewing with you. So just for a second, contract brewing, for those that don't know, give the 30 second, what is that? Yeah, so basically I'm a brewery, but I use a bigger brewery with their equipment and everything like that. We sign a contract and basically they brew my recipe for me. And then the distributor comes to that brewery and they pick it up. So I'm kind of gotcha. the middleman between the brewery and the distributor, but it's my recipe, my brand, and everything like that. Gotcha.
3: It's it's my understanding that that's actually more normal. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Monday Night Bre- Brewery did that with did, yes. uh, Sweetwater?
2: Yeah, a lot of breweries. Yes. Okay. Yeah, a lot of breweries, especially in Georgia, kind of came up Wild Heaven. Um, Monday Night Brewing, they came up through the contracting brewery um, style. Um, is not common here. I had a lot of... Uh, breweries aren't with, common here that's true In and Augusta. And, uh, yeah right, and right. I had a lot of like uh pushback from the government here local government yeah. because it's just not a common thing um and so my idea behind it was you know if I can get my beer out on the market I can get investors or get the bank right. to approve it proof and stuff of concept like that. exactly yeah um and so you know I talked with Mike and you know, they were game, and Savannah River has always been an uh, advocate of me and, like, everything I got going on. They've been, like— You did an event. You were at an event that they did. Octoberfest. Yep. Octoberfest. October yeah. Yep. And, yeah, we brewed a dunkle there. That's and, right. And, like, that went really well. And um, we just became really good friends and family. And, um, and so through the process of doing the contract brewing and getting everything set up, uh, you know, Mike and Brian and all of them there were just like, yo, we need help. Like, you know, we got a lot of stuff coming up. And I was like, I'm not doing anything right now. Like, I can come help y'all. And I was volunteering help kind of thing. <laughs> and they were like, uh, how about you come work for us? And I was just like, yo, that would be amazing, um, especially with proof of concept and honestly understanding, like, the big brewery side of yeah. production. Right. Um, that's really good for investors and good for the bank or good for anybody that, like, wants to believe in you. And so if you have that experience and you can prove that you have that experience and then you have all of that, then it, it just works well. So
1: so will we see some some Robert Young original recipes coming out every now and then of yeah, so River? Yeah, so like I
2: am completely engaged with Savannah River. I go to work every day there and I make it my own and like I do whatever they need me to do because – for me, I look at it like this, like they're helping me, but I'm also helping them. And like, I look at it like family kind of thing. Um, the more I can help them, the more I take ownership of what they got going on down the line that will help me. And they've been excellent and amazing at helping me and like being in my corner. And like, they all know that like what I'm trying to do, my dreams and goals. And they're like, yeah, like, you know, this is what you need to do to get out there. Then we're here to help you. So very cool. Yeah. It's been amazing. If you could go ahead
1: and put one beer out right now what would you
2: put out uh so the one beer that i'm going to put out is going to be a hazy ipa yes nice nice it will be i hope
1: uh i hope that the brewers are listening to this and how excited i am (laughs) i
2: have been begging them for this beer It'll be a hazy IPA, um, and it'll probably hit around the 7.5, 7.7% range. Nice. Oh, my gosh. Um, so that, that, that's happy. my language. That's, there you go. <laughs> yeah. that's, make that's, us one. We would like that to I be got our you. next. Uh, <laughs> we'd like that to be our next. I can cake. do that for you. If you want the keg, I'll give it to you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. all uh, you know, can prove the concept for it and everything like that. Um, Whatever you got to tell yourself. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just where the market is right now. Yeah. Uh, and If I'm doing contract brewing, I have to enter the market where mm-hmm. it is right now like savannah river they've been around for a while so they can do whatever they want they have their flagship beers they can stick with that and me entering the market i have to do what the market is asking for a little yeah. bit um will and, that be sold at savannah river oh yeah yeah okay I'm, yeah i don't think that will be a problem okay um, we could definitely sell that and so it's just like savannah river has been amazing like they have been absolutely amazing i can't say any, anything more than and than that because um i feel like the craft brew world you know the uh floating tide like raises all ships kind of thing or the rising tide you know floats all ships kind of thing and so um i think they understand that concept and they understand where i need to be or what i want to do in my life and kind of thing and so they've just been amazing at helping me and so i can't say anything great very
1: cool well, we're really glad to have you here. And, we're and Jim's glad. amazing. Like I've known Jim
2: for a long time, and he's awesome. Like,
3: Well, I'm excited to learn what Jim did before. Like, I I when was he born? I've
1: heard like a long time ago, as yeah. so it turns out. <laughs> we'll be back to meet Jim and Andrew right after this quick message about Savannah River Brewing Company.
3: Don't you ever just want to drink a beer that you love? I'm telling you right now. You will love every beer at Savannah River Brewery. They've got a beer for each and every one of you. Everyone for beer, beer for everyone. That's their motto, and we love that about their brewery. Guys, let me quickly take this time to tell you about the Luau Fest, July 10th. It's all day at Savannah River Brewery. You will have a fully cooked pig and Polynesian food available. There's going to be lays and cigars jason Shep- shepherd from 2 to 5 p.m playing pure indigo 7 30 to 8 30 p.m playing and there will be fire performers fire performers this is incredible all at savannah river brewery check them out check out their beer check out their events you're gonna love it see y'all there
1: so jim are are you we we've kind of you know, we've talked to Robert before. If you guys want to hear the full backstory, uh, listen to the Tap 33 episode. It's a really good one. Uh, you said some some pretty cool nuggets back there, too. And tried, so yeah. It's a lot to, you know, it's a lot that people should listen to. Jim, on the other hand, we have never spoken to you. Hey. So we're going to start with <laughs> the question with you of, are you originally from Augusta?
0: Not originally from Augusta. My wife and I have been here almost 20 years now, though. Okay. I was born in New Orleans. I uh, spent my younger childhood in Central Florida. Older childhood in Atlanta area. Went to school at Georgia Southern. After college, lived in Atlanta for a few years. Moved to Southern California for a couple of years. Houston, and now Augusta.
3: You've been everywhere.
0: I've been everywhere, but I've been in Augusta for 20 years now. Okay, so. longer than I've ever lived anywhere in my life. So you look great. Right. Wait, he's been to
3: all those places and he still lived <laughs> in Augusta for 20
0: years?
2: Yeah,
3: you look great.
0: He's trying uh, to casually. There's right? a lot of context so, there. That So, Jim,
3: were you always a taproom manager? No, <laughs>
0: I came to beer late in life. I mean, I came to beer early in life. Don't tell my mom, but probably 13. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But I came to beer professionally very late in life. Um, I have biology and chemistry degrees. I spent 15 years as a pharmaceutical scientist.
1: Is that what you wanted to do growing up? No. Marine biologist, 100%. So you're an idealist. Yes.
0: A dreamer. Yeah, Yeah, no doubt. (laughs) A (laughs) dreamer? I was a kid that fell in love with Jacques Cousteau and was a member of the Cousteau Society when he was five years old. When I was five, not when he was five. (laughs) That'd be weird. Long dead and Um, Wanted to be a marine biologist. Uh, My mom worked at SeaWorld. Wow. My brother and I would hang out there in the summer and do all the the behind-the-scenes stuff.
3: That's super cool. I
0: loved it. Um, I was also a swimmer. A good swimmer, not a great swimmer, could never pick the schools that I went to, and the ones that offered me scholarships didn't have that marine biology program, Uh, so fell into biology. Pre-med, that kind of thing, that was kind of the track I was on when I got out of school. I was done with school, did not want to go on. mm -hmm. Um, And if you have an undergrad in biology, you can either go get a master's, you can go to medical school, or you can do a thing like work for the DNR or find a job for a little local pharmaceutical company doing cookbook chemistry. And that was what I did. Definitely not planned. right? (laughs) But it became a thing. And it was never a thing that I loved. It was a thing that paid the bills for a long time. Um, As a swimmer, I continued my athletic career after college and started running and doing triathlons. I kind got kind of good at that and started coaching. And as my coaching business grew, it got to the point where I could afford to quit my corporate job which is what I did in 2008.
1: So your first goal was not to be corporate.
0: I don't know that that was my first goal. I think my first goal out of college was just to find a job. Yeah, well, yeah, that's uh, relatable, by the way. (laughs) And and nobody wants to be corporate. (laughs) There are probably some kids that grow up just wanting to wear a suit all day long, no doubt about it. Yeah,
1: especially in Augusta. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Feels so great outside. (laughs) No (laughs) doubt, exactly. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, 15 years in corporate life really got me on the track of finding something else to do. Okay. And I got to the point where my coaching business grew enough where I could afford to quit that corporate job. But then I always had side gigs because the coaching gig was good, but never really paid the bills the way the other gig did. Right? Right. So I did things like sell advertising for the Metro spirit. I wrote a column for those guys for a little while. Was it? Well, what was it? It was called land of the blind. It was kind of uh, media criticism. Talking about articles and columns was. in the <laughs> Love that and, I love and that the Augusta Chronicle <laughs> and all that, just kind of being. A-
2: he would have roasted
0: y'all. We still <laughs> need
1: back. that. We need that back. When, <laughs> <Yeah>. does, that, <laughs> no when doubt. does that come back?
0: Yeah, but I fell into beer. Um, I've always been a beer lover. Like I said, I was a. Um, I like to tell my craft beer story. I was a brand loyal Budweiser drinker in college, and I've got That's pictures definitely to craft prove it. like <laughs> exactly. Bud Bud
3: Heavy or Bud Light. Bud, Bud Heavy. There, Bud, Diesel Bud Diesel heavy. heavy. There
0: was Diesel barely Bud Light <laughs> when I was in college. It was a it was thing, just but it just came out. Jim, right. so like, when was that? It's There's like some context. When were you I college? graduated college in 89. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I was one years old. But so, <laughs> I was not so a it was, thought.
1: It was about 20 years after you graduated college that you ended up leaving your, your job and, and coaching. Yeah, roughly. Was that it? You were in Augusta by that point. Yes. What brought well, got, you to Augusta? A kind of,
0: yeah, a job. No doubt about it. Um, I was working for a chemical company in Houston and got a job here uh, working for the old Monsanto plant. It was a good move for me because I grew up in Georgia. Uh, My wife's family is from Statesboro. We had just had our daughter. uh, And as new parents of a small child with no family within 450 miles, the idea of having Amy's parents a good short hour and a half drive away not too far, but not too close. Right, I was right. going to say a good was long good. hour and a
1: half drive too. All sometimes. I knew about yeah. It,
0: yeah, all I knew about Augusta was swim meets that I would come to when I was a kid. Mm. That's all I knew. Landed here and fell in love with the city.
3: So you had mentioned that you were a scientist. Yep. At, were those was that the job you left? Yes. Okay. So what was that like being a scientist?
0: Well, so it was pretty cool, right? Um, it wasn't nearly as glamorous. I didn't have a PhD. I didn't do research, that kind of thing. I fell into a chemistry job as an undergrad. I was a terrible chemistry student. And so it's super <laughs> that, ironic that, how my, for, is that? that my first that. job out of college was as a chemist. Um, but it was cookbook chemistry. Just following a procedure, I could do that okay. all day long. Um, when I was in Houston, I worked at an actual chemical plant. So the first job in Atlanta was for a little generic pharmaceutical drug company. They made pills and tablets and cough syrups, that kind of thing. The job I had in Houston was in a legit chemical plant, and I was surrounded by chemical engineers and chemists and felt very small because my actual chemistry knowledge, even though I'd been doing that little cookbook thing for a long time, not great at all. <laughs> so I decided that I was gonna take a couple of classes at the local college and retook organic chemistry as a 30-year-old, which Oof. is like, Whoa. you know, you're just asking for, asking for punishment. It's
1: torturing yourself. Ochem chem
0: is one of the most feared college classes for science majors. And I had a professor that taught it really well and taught it uh, from a different perspective than I was used to. So it used to be that organic chemistry was just rote memorization of functional groups and reactions, and this guy taught it from structure and function, and it just made sense to me. And I was good at it, as it turns out, and ended up getting a master's degree. Wow. as it turns out, that works pretty good for beer because when we make beer, I don't know anything about brewing. I mean, I do know some stuff about yeah, brewing. You know. I've never <laughs> brewed beer apart from like hanging on to but little you, small batch stuff. You can
1: yell at them for not it's following instructions instructions. <laughs> yeah,
0: no doubt. But beer is biochemistry. <laughs> yep. And so yep. even though I don't brew beer, I can talk about it all day long.
1: Yeah. So 2008, you left your job. You started coaching. Tell us a little bit about that and then tell us how that led you to what you do now. Because so, you didn't just do the column also, I know you've talked to me about it. you worked with a nonprofit.
0: Yes. I was uh, the head coach for the Leuke- Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's team and training program. It's a little thing that they do where you attract people who run, run, want to run a marathon, learn to do a triathlon, but also raise a lot of money for a really good cause. And I loved that program. I did that for five years and the program ended. And that was kind of the beginning of the end of my coaching career because I loved that group coaching thing. The other stuff that I did was working with athletes, most, mostly remotely, and that's cool. But at the same time, it became this twenty-four-seven job, right? If you're employed by an athlete and an athlete's got a problem early in the morning or going through this like uh, kind of stressed-out breakdown moment in the middle of the night, you've got you gotta a problem. Take that phone call, right? Yeah. And it did give me some valuable life skills, right? so, coaching is not just writing workouts for athletes. It's being all things to everybody, recognizing that everybody that you work with is different and having to adjust your style to them. And what it taught me was being a really good manager, like just about myself on the back, because managing (laughs) is coaching, right? Managing isn't like telling people what to do. It's developing people. Right. Make them be just the best that they can be.
1: That's a good one-liner right there. I I know you're waiting for me to drop the marker. I'll go ahead and do that. Uh, So when did you start with Savannah River Brewery? And also, why did you start working there? Because you did not start with a glamorous position. And you had kind of, I mean, the things that you have done are, I would say, pretty impressive. You know, what made you go there?
0: So it was before that, right? So I got into beer professionally when I was selling advertising for the Metro Spirit. And I landed a gig, uh, according to a client, and that client was Riverwatch Brewery when they were even before they were opening and just sort of fell into a bartending job there. Okay. And I did that for a couple of years. Um, It was great because it taught me so much about beer. I was a beer drinker, but I wasn't a connoisseur of beer. I didn't have a lot of beer knowledge. Um, Ann Sloan, uh, one of the brewers over there and one of the owners, ran a Cicerone class. No one knows what the Cicerone program is, it's basically a beer, beer sommelier. And while I was there, I got my level two Cicerone, which is kind of, I don't know, uh, sort of a big deal. There's 50 or so in the entire state of Georgia. There is about four or five in Augusta. Mm -hmm. So like I said, even though I don't know, I don't brew beer, I know a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. You're
3: you're You're able to taste a beer and know what ingredients are in there.
0: Yeah. And so a lot of the program is just memorization. And so it's a broad program and it covers, you know, broad knowledge about brewing ingredients and process uh, flavors that come from the bre- from the brewing process, from flavors that come from the ingredients, yeah. all flavors that occur when things don't go right. Serving beer, but then also like memorization of qualitative and quantitative parameters for 85 styles of beer. Love that. It's a lot. Love that. Um, so How
1: long did that take you to get to the level two?
0: About two hours. Oh, two hours. Two, <laughs> uh, two <laughs> years. All right. <laughs> two hours. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> about two years, and so there's an intro. Uh, the first level is pretty basic, and a lot of people can do that with a bit of study. But to get to level two, it's about two years of very intensive studying and also developing your palate. The test for it is three hours of a written exam, with no multiple choice. It's all short answer and essay questions. Uh, there's a Love demonstration that. pro uh, part where you like basically it's a service related thing. So that and talking about it you're videoed and they evaluate you there but then there's also a tasting panel where you have to like discern different styles of beer and also pick up flavors in the beer that aren't supposed to be there mm. it's got a 70 percent fail rate for first time mm-hmm. takers and i passed it the first time so nice. that cool. oh, that's great. awesome how many that's how many bad. hours
3: did you put into that you say um, two years
0: so it was a continuous thing. I worked at the two brewery beer. at a time, and so it was, you know, anyone can memorize stuff, but developing the palate was a whole thing. And so I drank a lot of beer, and that sounds great, but also it gets to be pretty tedious when you're doing it, you know, in an intentional manner, right? Keeping a logbook and— I
1: have to drink two beers today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, it's also making an effort to, like, taste all the styles of beer yeah. that are out there, and that's not an easy thing to do. Luckily, World of Beer just opened up, mm-hmm. and <laughs> oh, the beautiful yeah. thing about that is you can go in. It's not so much the draft stuff, but they have everything in their cooler, and you could go mm-hmm. in with the intention of, like, tasting all of the German lagers, and you can do that, and it's great. It really helped me a lot, but it's also kind of tedious and tiring. When I got done with the test, I was over beer for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted no beer at all, so I drank a lot of cocktails. Nice.
1: And so when was that that you, that you got your uh, level two? About three years ago. Three years ago. And you were still at Riverwatch at the time? Uh,
0: yes, when I got that. Yep. So
1: what was the next step for you? What caused you to, to leave Riverwatch or, or what caused you to join Savannah River at that point?
0: So mostly was falling in love with beer and falling in love with beer. And so beer and service, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have become a people person. I was a very introverted person as a younger adult and child, no doubt about it working behind the bar there taught me to be an extrovert when I need to be an extrovert, right? So I'm an ambivert personality now, if you want to get into that. But (laughs) I like really fed off the energy of people coming in and having conversations and talking about beer, sure, but also talking about Augusta. Uh, When the brewery opened up, we got a lot of folks who had driven into town from Greenville or Columbia or Charleston or whatever. Very cool. Just to go to a brewery that was in Augusta. It was a
1: spectacle when when Riverwatch opened. It
0: was awesome. I mean, slammed all the time. No doubt about it. And Riverwatch opened up about eight months before Savannah River did. And we always got the question about, you know, so you guys are going to have some competition soon. Is that bad? It's like, no, not at all. Because when there are two breweries in town, all of a sudden you get that brewery tourism thing, which is a thing. And we definitely noticed a pickup when Savannah River opened. Um, the thing that led me to jump ship, if you will, um, was wanting to make it a full time thing over there was part-time, you know, a shift or two a week behind the bar. And I saw this opportunity over at Savannah river because, um, it's a larger place, which is fantastic. It's a larger staff. And I had this opportunity to make this a full time thing and not have to do the side gigs anymore. Right. What was the first job you had for Savannah river brewery? Uh, bartender. To, Full time. To shift a week bartender with a promise of more, and I believed him, and it paid off. That's good. So was bartender for about six months, and then bar manager, and then happenstance led the former taproom manager to take another job, and there was an opportunity to step into it, and it's been just a bit over a year now, and it's the best thing I've ever done. Holy cow. That's awesome. <laughs>
3: well, you, you see, if y'all ever walk into Savannah River Brewery, you'll see Jim there. I was going to say, you'll definitely see Jim. And you'll see a smile on his face. Yeah. That's right. He loves his job. 100%.
0: Well,
1: Jim, we're going to come back to you because I think you're going to have a lot to say about what's going on in the brewery mm-hmm. based on uh, previous conversation. Um, <laughs> but we need to jump ship real quick. Uh, we need to jump over to Andrew, and yeah. we need to take it back again. Okay. And we're going to put the headphones on. We're going to make this real official.
4: All right. There you go.
5: There you
1: go. Yeah. One says right. One says left. It doesn't really matter, <laughs> but, you know. Um, Andrew... Did you grow up in Augusta? I actually grew up in Aiken, South Carolina. Aiken. Okay. So nearby. Mm-hmm. Um, you went to high school around here? I went to South Aiken High School. Graduated
4: 2007.
1: You're blocking, Jim. He needs more uh, beer. Yeah. Hey, he
4: needs Jim, more beer. could you pour me a beer? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jim, will you just Jim, pour us, us a a t- Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. T- we, got, we got beer here. <laughs> Actually, Jim, you're, you're, you're done on the show. You can just do the you bartender can. thing now. <laughs> <laughs> you,
3: you can leave if you, you want.
1: <laughs> no, we need the bartender. Come on, man. Don't do that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Jim, we'll see you back in a minute. Um, Let's we'll get up
4: and move over. Yeah.
1: So you grew up in Aiken, mm-hmm. um, around this area. Yep. Um...
4: Born you know, and raised in Aiken, South Carolina, actually. So born in okay. 1988, okay. and then moved out 2007 to Newberry College, and after okay. that went to Charlotte for a few years, and then came back to Newberry and Aiken for a small time, and started in the bar business. Okay, so
1: when you when you were going to college, when mm-hmm. you're you know graduating, is is that kind of the
4: business you wanted to be in? I what had, were you thinking I, you'd be doing? I had no plan, to be honest with you. Love me. that. <laughs> It's relatable, by the way. Well, uh, let me put it this way. So I went to school for TV, radio communications, and all yeah. that fun stuff back in the day. It You're was like, just... I'm
1: going to ride
4: this silky, smooth <laughs> voice until, I, well, right. until it is gone. All right. So to be honest with you, I grew up and my dad was the, uh, he was in charge of all the um, cameras at, at church. And you're going back and forth and doing audiovisual and all yeah. that fun stuff. So I felt I really at a young age fell fell in love with that and said, I wanna do what you do and I was like, Well, let's go, let's experience this and move on and move forward. And we we did a lot a little bit of something called Equiview T V back in the day with all the horse races and horse events over in Aiken. We did a lot of taping, you know, a lot of Camera view sh- TV. Yeah, th- this was cool. this was back in 2007. So this uh, is this is a long time. So were you like <laughs> shooting cameras for that? No, I was actually on board and and shifting cameras and okay. actually, actually recording at okay. that point in time. But that's that's a different that's whole different world because I actually applied for Winthrop University back in the day and I got accepted there and to Newberry. But I was wanting to go to Winthrop to actually possibly go into the sports media. Eventuality mm-hmm. with they had a that would part- have made a ton of sense for you, oh, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I wish hey, I could have. NASCAR's I <laughs> missing a real one right now. <laughs> well, they, they had actually, actually, the part at, at the time they had a partnership with the NFL team of the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if they still oh, do goodness. or not, but if they, if they did. Uh- I you were sh- like, if I have to be a Panthers fan, <laughs> I'm out. I'm well, sorry. To be honest with you, I grew up as a Browns fan, so it's even worse.
1: That is worse. That's a whole thing. My family's Browns fans, though, so I do Oh, hey,
4: well, my dad's from the northeast Ohio, outside of Canton, so we're I grew up watching them. It's it is what it is. Thank God we actually have a decent team this year. <laughs> hey, knock on wood. The <laughs> season hasn't wood. started.
1: So you 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 You're doing this equi the this horse this (laughs) horse TV uh, program.
4: I I, I did that like right outside of high school, right before I went to college, and I was there was about twenty two to twenty three different cameras that we were cycling through. Wow. Well, as a kid, was like okay. Well, I need to record this person, this person, this person, but. I have like five horses in between so let's uh all right so i need you to follow this i, I was talking to the camera people I was like hey you need to follow this person here this person here make sure our shots are lined up because when this person comes along i need you to record
3: Right. And this is you as a technically a high
4: schooler. Uh, well, so I was just about to enter college, but yes, technically a high schooler. Yeah. Summer of that's, type thing. That's, 18 not, year that's old. not an easy job. Yeah. Well, I, I learned from the best, I guess, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh, I learned to say what, what to say and what not to say at a very young age. Right. So that's good. That's. Point taken. So you ended up going to Newberry, mm-hmm. and um, you were studying kind of the same thing that you were doing. Right. So in at Newberry, we actually had a class called radio. And we and we were the host. We were the radio host, and we were in charge of bringing people on and scheduling events for whatever and actually playing two to three hours of music so y'all had a radio station we had a small very small radio station i think it was 95.3 fm in newberry i could be wrong on that but i'm pretty sure that is what it is but there is an am station in radio in newberry that does all the broadcast for the newberry college basketball and football games okay so at the football games, I would do the live stream. We would, yeah. we, we, we just started doing live streams. So I would start doing a lot of the directing. Like over the internet? Yeah, 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 yeah. When was this? This was, all right. So when I started 2008 through 2012, 13 ish. It's an early live stream. Oh, it was early as hell. We only had like maybe two or three cameras, but we were killing it (laughs) that's awesome that's great yeah so we were we were trying to be on the cutting edge as a as a very small school we're newberry college is a division two school yeah yeah like we were number one or number two when i was there in wrestling so and the wrestling program was huge at that point okay. because the wrestlers like you had like 45 50 wrestlers, but you had 250 football players. Most of them were Juco transfers. let's be real. yeah like, I mean they were going to uh, going to pro football. actually yeah. Newberry at that point had about three or four guys going to Newberry go to the pro level at that point. very cool. but the D2 school versus D1 school is a lot harder and a lot yeah tougher to get in but it is what it is um got into the beer business actually through a fraternity brother of mine he gave me a shot said i need you i need a door guy so i started a door guy and worked <laughs> the up the beer business
1: oh no seriously <laughs> the no, no no it, it, the,
4: the alcohol business itself <laughs> all right I, I worked in charlotte for a company that did hot water heaters okay in industrial hot water heaters we sold at one point, I think twelve to fifteen different hot water heaters. So you were in sales at that time? Well, inside sales. So I was tracking okay. I was tracking a lot of the production itself and right. trying to make sure it's out the door. Right. And the salesman would come to me as like, Hey, well I need this, 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 and this at this point. Here what what's your time frame? I said, Well, I can only do this at this point, or point A versus point B. Right. So I was like, All right, well, let's try to get point XY in between.
1: Very from, complicated.
4: Oh it, well, you're, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably multi-million dollar builds at some points. I mean, you're you're heating water from 40 degrees to 150 degrees within five minutes. So right. you, you got to transfer water at a flow rate of 150 gallons a minute to 200 gallons a minute. It's like, all right, well you're you got to push a lot of steam out down, right. down it real yeah. quick. But it's a it was a interesting aspect. It was like, okay, well now I know how. Uh, how this hot water business is right. how, and how can I get into the... Okay. All right, So so yeah. did you want to escape into the beer business? Was that not you were like, I'm that. in the liquid business. <laughs> I want to get into beer. I'm not yeah. in well, the right kind of liquid business. I want to be right? in the
3: doorman business. Alright, <laughs> no, right, so, right,
4: so, so first off, my great-grandmother, uh, okay. bless, bless her soul, rest her soul, she came over, she was the first generation Romanian in the family um, about 1930s 1940s okay and her grant her father would brew on the farm because at that point you would you grew what you grew and right. you brewed what you wanted to brew and she you had grew a, what you grew right exactly she she had a recipe for homemade wine so that uh, back in high school i made it for the first time ever it was sweet as hell but <laughs> <laughs> when you put four pounds of light brown sugar in per gallon it's like all right we're 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 were pretty sweet speaking my language yeah well it was was light brown sugar even better (laughs) hey hey. all right so they call me (laughs) light brown sugar
0: light brown sugar if there was a
4: reasonable way to name the episode light brown sugar i would try to do that so my great my great-great-grandmother made this and i actually found the recipe and i've i made it what better
1: way to drink in high school than to make your own stuff you don't even have to steal from your parents right so I
4: actually right. so, no no I'm, I made it with my father uh, okay. with my father and mother okay. at the okay. house, okay. And it, and we, like a gallon maybe. One would go maybe. missing every now and then. It is what it is. But no one asks for an ID when you buy light brown sugar. No one's no, no because you, all right. So you buy you buy a couple pounds of light brown sugar from brown sugar? from the grocery store, and then you buy a couple uh, two three packets of cake yeast, and you're good to go. It is Love what it that. is. And so I made that. I was like. I really think I could possibly bring this to the next level. Kay. So I need to learn what it takes to make it to the next level. Okay. And I, a fraternity brother of mine. Okay. What got, fraternity real quick? Uh, TKE.
1: Okay. Continue. I won't make the comment.
4: Uh, no, go ahead and make the comment. <laughs> nope, I've heard nope, them nope.
1: all. <laughs> go Greek, go TKE. All right, keep going. It is what it is.
4: <laughs> so a fraternity brother of mine actually owned, owned the company, in Charlotte, that I used to work for. We okay. did hot water products. Okay. I was inside sales rep for there. Then I found out I didn't finish school, so I went and finished school and got into the beer business. Oh Well, I got into the bar business, okay. as you could say, while finishing school. Okay. Another fraternity brother of mine in Aiken said, Well, hey, well, you're washing dishes, and I need you to start bouncing. And you know, I was like, you know how to bounce. You've ran. So we ran our frat house in college like a nightclub. I love to hear that. So, no, we, well, we would charge, we, we would charge a dollar to a head. Of course. And, and you would it, ID everybody. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> well, seriously. Don't go that no, far. No, no, don't no, go no, that for, far. no, to be honest with you, we had 1,200 kids at Newberry at, at, the, at, at the time. No, seriously. Oh, at Newberry. Okay. No, okay. Yeah. So I'm talking, I'm talking small school, guys. Okay, I'm not, okay. I'm not okay. talking USC, Clemson, a anyway. a 1,200 no, no, person party. No, no, no. No, seriously. We would have 1,200 people at our parties. Oh, okay. 1,200 kids. Yeah, and they're all 21.
0: No, it don't was, answer it that. Was Keep B-Y-O-B. moving. <laughs> Keep moving. Keep moving. Don't answer that. We're not here to accomplish
1: anything the fifth. So <laughs> the translation of this is
4: you ended up bouncing at right. was it a brewery? No, no, it was actually at the Hotel Aiken back in the day before it was closed. Okay. And I bounced there, started learning how to bartend, and then I got an opportunity at uh, Hounds Lake Country Club. And then from there also at uh, a little place called um Rose Hill Estate back a few years ago. And then after that, I w- had a small opportunity at Sage Valley. And then from there, I went to manage back at, uh, Hounds Lake Country Club, but it was a, I was working multiple positions and multiple bars at one time. I was working at four different bars, maybe two or three different positions. Okay. So I was really engrossed in the Aiken area. and in the, the bar scene in too. In the bar I mean, scene for sure. Lot, yeah. Yeah. And I said, I was, I was just about turning 30. This was about three years ago. I said, okay. I'm just about turning 30. I was like, I need to get out from behind the bar. Because, like, you know what? I'm, I'm making money. The whole reason <laughs> you started was to grow. Right. I was whole, yeah, I was, I was trying to do stepping stones to the yeah. point where I can actually do right. what I want to do. So now it's time to start growing. Right. So three years ago, I actually had an opportunity with a local distributor out of Columbia, South Carolina. Okay. Who was the who was the the distributor in Aiken as well for Miller Coors? Great company, great people, love the people there. Then I've always been friends with Brian and Mike through my gaming group here in Augusta from from SRBC from Savannah River right 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 and I've always been in contact with them over the years like hey here's what I see going on trend wise I don't know what you guys are doing but here's what I see just flowing out the yeah. door whatever what whatever and I, I contacted Brian I said Brian you know what if you guys need somebody in South Carolina you know let me know because I'm I'm down to do whatever Brian, probably about two, three months ago says, Hey, uh, we're thinking about you. You really need to come, come talk to Mike. And then I didn't hear anything. It's like, okay, well, I talked to Mike, so I didn't hear anything. Mike then says to me, he's like, Hey, do you want your, (laughs) do you want your official interview? I said, hell yeah, let's go. (laughs) And so that's kind of where we went off about a month and a half, two months ago. Is that right, Jim? I think so.
0: I think so yeah Thank so you. it's
4: about 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 a month and a half and I've we had an official interview it was it was fun because I've known Mike and and Brian for so long and we've kind of been on the same realm of thought so we've actually moved forward and now I am the state South Car- state of South Carolina sales rep for Savannah Ray Burn Company as of like a month ago a month
1: and
3: a half
4: Well, ago, congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. You and,
3: and Robert, new additions to the team. We're very excited. And for the listeners at home, uh, if you don't know who Mike is or Brian, uh, who is Mike and Brian?
0: Mike's our GM and Brian is our sales and marketing manager. Right. And, and y- y'all,
1: y- y'all can listen to that other episode yeah. uh, with Savannah River Brewery. You'll get...
0: A lot. Of you will both learn Mike things and that Brian you never wanted to know.
3: <laughs> and everybody right now has turned this episode off to go listen to the episode.
0: Yeah, come, we'll
1: see y'all soon. Come on back. Um, <laughs> and we'll be right back to continue this fantastic conversation right after this quick message about our friends at the clubhouse. The clubhouse at the Cyber Center is fantastic. Uh, you can hear people in the background. They're so happy right now about the clubhouse and about the Fourth of July celebrations. Uh, but the Clubhouse is a fantastic co-working place. Uh, it exists on the third floor of the Cyber Center downtown. Uh, if you're looking for business networking, if you're looking for space, if you're looking to learn uh, trade skills in the cyber field, the Clubhouse is a great place to start for all of those things. Check them out. Find out more information about what they're doing at theclubhouse.se and about their national program where they're helping startups at makestartups.com. So now that we've kind of caught up, uh, you know, all of you, we've, we've gotten to the point where you're at the brewery, you're in your current positions. Mm -hmm. Um, I think now is the time when we want to talk about, you know, what's been going on with the brewery. It's been about, it's, it's really been two years since we really checked in with y'all. COVID just happened, which was crazy. Y'all had a lot of programs going during COVID. Um, Jim, will you kind of, will you kind of step in here and catch us up with, you know, what we've missed
0: I'll be glad to, David. Thank you. So um February of 2020, we had our best great month. Right? Great <laughs> month mm-hmm. for everybody. Mm-hmm. Best nobody month. had a bad service. February 2020. <laughs> <Right. But> nobody <laughs> did. It was the best month ever. <laughs> um for the brewery, that was our four year an- uh three year anniversary. Yes. Three, yeah, anniversary. I think. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So three year anniversary, our best in the tap room at least, best sales month ever. The first month that we had been in the black. And for a small business, uh, small business business plan three is years. That's if pretty you good. If get in the black in five That's years, you're years. doing pretty good. Yeah. So we did it February of 2019 again 19. Yeah. And then COVID hits, and then all of a sudden we have to re just pivot everything that we're doing. Yeah. There's no model for this in the tap room and the distribution side. For the distribution side, we went from selling you know, a ton of keg product and a lot of canned product, but it's a balance, right? So most of our packaging was done in kegs because mm-hmm. bars and restaurants want a lot of kegs, and then the can sales. COVID hits, and all of a sudden we cannot move a keg because bars are closed, restaurants are closed, mm-hmm. everyone wants canned product. Oh, for sure. It's an immediate pivot, and there is this immediate shortage in cans also. And so it's not, you know, it's one thing to have like- And that's inv- like
1: cans for y'all to buy, to exactly. put beer Exactly, right, right, right,
0: right. 100%, right. And so it's one thing for our existing inventory, trying to move that stuff. And we're lucky because we have a very good can, uh, can vendor who got us cans when a lot of places couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. So we were able to sell cans for six weeks. We were closed down in the tap room. And Y'all we basically sold to go for a while, right? For about six weeks. Yeah. Yep. So we. Not to go open beer, city of Augusta. To <laughs> <go> exactly. Closed containers. Closed sealed containers all the time. But yeah, we rolled up the Bay, Roo, the Bay door and sold cases and filled crawlers and growlers and just, you know, kind of muddled by for six weeks. After that six weeks was over, um, it was May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, when we could actually reopen the tap room in a much different environment. If you knew the brewery before COVID, you would have seen tons of seating and tons of people on a Saturday there. When we op- when we re- reopened, it was much different.
3: And it, I, I do want to take a, a little side note right now. Um Jim, you did an excellent job with COVID restrictions. Thank you and the mandates yeah. that were needed. I mean, with this open space that y'all were already blessed with to have, yeah. but then there was the right directions, there were the right uh, sanitizing it, and then y'all had the boards up. I mean it was yeah. just to, the, to be frank, it was probably one of the safest places to go to get a beer.:
0: Yes, and uh, thank you. Just wanted you to know, and
3: I know that there's a lot of listeners out there. Y'all took that really seriously. Y'all took it seriously, and we appreciate that. And
1: for a lot of businesses, it was probably expensive and difficult. And I'm sure for you guys, it was the same way to do those measures and take it seriously. While also, I mean, obviously, like everybody couldn't work their normal hours, but you guys still had people working. We did. Pretty much at all times.
0: Yeah. And we did the thing where we, for those six weeks, we um, employed a shorter bar staff, but we, um, our customers were. Are amazing, we're amazing, we'll continue to be amazing, and they tipped us very well. And we did a thing where we tippled so we took all the tips, the bar whoever very was cool. working those shifts, and split them among all the bar staff, even the ones that weren't working, just to give them a bit of income during this whole thing.
3: That's incredible.
0: Um, was that something that like was voted on? Was that a you decision? How
1: did that come that to was be? the
0: whole bar staff like saying, Yes, this is y'all definitely came what we're together gonna do. and decided right. to, that's very cool, right? Exactly. And so the first thing is we definitely are blessed by a lot of space Forty-five hundred square foot tap room for us it was easy for us to pull a lot of tables out space things out even more than the guidelines said Mm -hmm. um and i felt for the downtown bars because long narrow places yeah right just not very friendly for doing that that kind of thing the high the
3: high ceilings don't help that (laughs) there's
0: no benefit it's (laughs) the (laughs) long narrow spaces right right so you can like take tables out but you still can't have you can't not have people interacting with people not in their groups right yeah so the big the biggest advantage for us was that big space but then we did take it very seriously no doubt about it um enacted like heightened sanitization procedures really enforced that mask policy so there was the augusta mandate that you had to wear masks and it's a difficult thing because you know america's a free country people want to do what they want to do and as we know through covid you know restaurants, bars, convenience stores, post signs, but ignored by a lot of folks.
1: Right. Right. And, and a lot of that's up to who's running the show. It Correct. is. And so Correct.
0: we made the, the very conscious decision to really enforce it. And we, Respectfully,
1: by the way, it wasn't like a situation right. where a lot of places that were very serious about it, you could mm-hmm. kind of feel shamed if right. you you know yeah i i feel like
0: you guys were very respectful yeah yeah thank you and I, I agree um we definitely value everyone's opinions but when it comes to the the mask policy that we had in place opinions kind of frankly didn't matter yeah we right. were following mm-hmm. guidelines
1: and you have that huge outdoor area right like exactly. that's really
0: beneficial for that yeah and for us it's like it's a matter of keeping our staff safe keeping our patrons safe but also just staying in business right yeah the best thing through this whole thing was through all, all of COVID, we never had a time where one of our bartenders, one of our staff at all, like, tested positive from an exposure at the brewery. Right. right. And it's we had, on wood. again, right. we'll, again, <laughs> yeah, it's knock on wood, no doubt about it. But I feel like we're sort of past it now. It's good. Um, our, va- our bar staff right now is 100% fully vaccinated. And so we're very comfortable, like, taking down all the things and just embracing being open again.
1: And y'all just redid a new seating chart that – kind of reflects that i mean you can y'all are back to packing out which i think is awesome yeah full capacity and can
0: i talk about last night for a second please i don't know what you're gonna <laughs> say but <I'm, laughs> yeah sure. go for it i'm so, sure something good so it's, it's gotta pride, be so it's pride week in augusta and four months ago we were yes, um, so approached okay. by augusta pride um to be the venue for pride night out and i would first of all we were so honored to just be approached because to us that tells us that we exude the fact that we were a safe space. We have a mm-hmm. slogan that goes, beer for everyone, everyone for beer. Amen. And it's trite and kind of cliche, sort of, but yeah, we li- really believe it. Y'all live no it. No doubt about Y'all it. Y'all live know, it. We want to be everything to everyone. And the fact that Pride Augusta Pride approached us to have this event, so flattered. Um, and what so, was the event? Were you- so it was Pride Night Out. Um, it was kind of the kickoff event for Pride Week in Augusta. And... Um, when we were approached by the committee, um, Heather McCoy and James Mintz said, we're gonna plan this event. We don't know what it's gonna look like because this was four months ago, right? Before the restrictions were lifted. Um, And we're like, yeah, whatever you guys wanna do, we will be that venue for you. Um, The good thing is, is we sort of got past the COVID restrictions and we brewed this beautiful beer for them and had this event. They did the planning for it. So we were just the space. Okay. I did not know what to expect. (laughs) I hope we got a lot of people. And honestly, it turns out I underplanned for it. I probably understaffed. I probably didn't pull enough beer for it <laughs> because we were blown out.
3: That's awesome.
0: It was amazing. What was the beer y'all did for it? We did a blueberry wheat, um, an American wheat beer with blueberries that Ann Fulsader or one of our assistant brewers brewed for it. It was great. We have never had an event where we blew through a barrel. A barrel of beer is 31 gallons. How many people does 330 that 330 12-ounce pours, and we blew through that in four hours. <laughs> That's it insane. It was ridiculous. Um, That's at awesome. At one point, we had a line. So we are back to, if you've been to the brewery uh, during COVID, you know that there was like the single point of service on yeah. the corner of the bar. Yeah. We were open to full bar service. You can order from anywhere in the bar. So even yes. with that, we had a line out the door at the corner of the bar. Really? I did not know that. And I did a lap. <laughs> That's so insane. Just to, like, talk to people and say— Folks, I appreciate your patience. Clear <laughs> slam, and when we've done the events in the past, you get like grumbly, sort of like guy kind of thing, right? This was the best crowd we've ever had. Mm. Everyone just, just exuding joy, so happy, so many smiles. It was. I'm sure they didn't plan to pack out a venue four months ago, so just getting to do that and having to stand in line is probably a cool thing. No doubt about it. I had so many conversations last night. It was the most uplifting, empowering event that I've ever been associated with. And if you know me at the brewery, I'm kind of a emotional guy. I'm kind of a crier, and I'm trying really hard not to do that right now. But Feel free. it was sort of, you know, we've, we're, I guess, a month past the restrictions being lifted. And the brewery as a whole, on the taproom side and the distribution side, the fact that Andrew and Robert are working for us now is a testament to what's going on with the brewery. The I fact got, that y'all are mm-hmm. growing is awesome. I got yeah. goosebumps. It
3: Seriously, it's incredible when you really think yeah. about it. We, got like, out, we just got out. The whole world just is getting out of
0: like two months ago, really the
3: pandemic. And y'all are able to hire. Yeah, it is. It's incredible.
0: um, And little side note to that, right? So there is this trope going around that people don't want to work, right? Businesses can't find people to work for them. We do not have that problem at the brewery. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to work for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Um, that is potentially reflective on a lot of businesses. I think so. And for a lot of reasons, right? We do great beer. We have a great tap room. We have a great staff. And people, when they come into the tap room, they feel it. And so we have so many regulars that all they want to do is say, "How can I work here?"
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: cannot. I want to hire more people. And That's why I, I said w- four years ago.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. I what here? I said. <laughs> you got to be patient <laughs> sometimes. But yeah, it'll it'll, it'll tell me four years,
4: but we are. <laughs>
1: Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with the drop the disc question and, of course, Chris's segment at the end of the show, Around Augusta, where he previews different stories and rumors about what's going on and debunks the ones that are incorrect. And, of course, we always want to ask for more information about that. But on that topic of things going around in Augusta, I want to tell you guys about Deep Copenhaver's new podcast called The Changemaker Podcast. It's available everywhere that you get your podcasts. It's available wherever you're listening to our podcast, And it's also available on YouTube as a video podcast. His first episode with Deanna Brown is out now, and he's just talking to different changemakers around the city uh, and around the world about how to make a difference. We have really incredible guests lined up, and we really hope that you listen and support another local person building up the community. So, Jim, we've talked about, you know, kind of the growth through COVID, which I think is fantastic, but I think a lot of people are sick of COVID. And so uh, what I want to talk about next is this coming year. Right. What do y'all have planned? Let's start with that. Is There's, this
3: the year AC after
0: correct. COVID? One AC. That, right? One <laughs> AC. <laughs> correct. So we love doing it. C event. was
1: just two years of nothing. Yeah. A year and a half of right. nothing.
0: So we love doing events at the brewery. Um, we like business. We like you guys coming down and spending money because we like making money. Yeah. But we like having it <laughs> We just love it, right? And so um, the ridiculous. cool thing about last night was we didn't really have to do much of anything. We brewed beer, no doubt about it. All we do was open doors. But we're into this whole like post-COVID thing of like actually planning events. And so July 10th, we are doing a new beer release, Son of Kong. It's a pineapple session IPA. And to celebrate that release, we're doing Luau Fest. Saturday event. It's going to be one of those all-day blowout things. It's a Polynesian theme. Uh, Manny Hatsis, that Greek chef, is going to start very early in the morning, roasting a pig on a spit. Hawaiian sides. Mm. we have so excited fire about dancers. That. We fire have fire dancers. Fire, fire dancers. Fire performers. <laughs> a couple of bands lined up. Cool games. We're going to do a hula hoop chug off for you. Hula hoop. That's got, got your fingerprint all time. over it. It's my I, favorite. Yeah. I
3: could honestly do that. So, so it's a basically a like birthday though, party on steroids. I did the whole better than you. Yep. Well, I teach kids how to hula hoop. so <laughs> Really? Yeah, you do that. So, so
4: I could actually do it. You probably have me on that. Yeah. Give me about five beers and I'll try. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's July. Um, September, we have Oktoberfest coming up, and then we get into New Year's, and then all of a sudden it's our five-year reunion. But Pat, the, the events are great, no doubt about it. But just day-to-day at the brewery, it is just different. Right. And so y'all
1: are doing trivia again on Wednesdays? Every
0: Wednesday there's trivia and trivia is blown out. We have a full house on Wednesdays. We have a full house on Fridays. It's the same on Saturdays. And we have this big thing on Sundays. Mostly every day there's something to do at the brewery, right? So we're open seven days now. On Mondays, um, Ansley Knopf, a wonderful fitness trainer, does two uh, movement based uh, fitness classes in the brew house. Come do that. You get a free beer. Tuesdays we have a taco vendor. Wednesdays we have trivia and also food. Thursdays is pint night. Fridays is more food. Saturdays is <laughs> yoga with Taylor. If you guys don't know Taylor, you do Taylor. love Taylor. Love oh my Taylor. god, she—it's the best flow yoga class in town, no doubt about it. One of our bartenders, one of my bar managers, my right hand at the brewery. Um, teaches an hour. One of, of, of our yoga. photographers. Yeah. And we yeah. just <laughs> roll in you millennials with your side gigs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should be one <laughs> I <I'm laughs> <this idea laughs> No doubt. Um, and then we roll into just a day of just a great time at the brewery Sundays. We have a run club at twelve thirty. Come out, run three miles, get a free beer when you're done. Doesn't cost nothing. Y'all have really gotten into this
1: fitness while drinking beer thing. And I want to say I find it very difficult to be fit while drinking beer. So do I. But (laughs) But where did that come from?
0: So um, I honestly Taylor brought it to the brewery first. No doubt about it. When she started yoga at the brewery almost five years ago that was kind of our first foray into this sort of like mixed thing. Right. So here's a place that produces alcohol, encourages people to consume alcohol. And for me as like a lifetime athlete Um, you gotta, we have this like earn your beer thing. We didn't invent it, but we like to embrace it. So we like the idea of just having, and so breweries as a whole, right? We're not bars. We're community centers. Um, The beer draws people in, but just the fact that we have things that appeal to everybody. We Mm -hmm. talked about the athletic stuff. We also have cornhole disc golf, putting leagues. We do dog adoptions. We do just all the things. If you ever want to do something to the brewery, please hit me up. <laughs> Isn't there? A chip? And we'll fit you in. Isn't How can they do that? Uh, Christian at SavannahRiverBrew.com. Mm. Perfect. Bad idea guy on Instagram. <laughs>
3: Nice. Bad I idea. Guy. I didn't know you had an Instagram. He does.
0: It's you awesome. You do now. now Every time know. he goes on vacation, you get hourly <laughs> updates
1: of what he's drinking. It's hey, actually like, fantastic. I like a travelogue. <laughs> hey, I do.
3: I do have a question, though, and maybe we need to get Robert on. Okay. But this is um, if you walk into the brewery, the first thing you see to the right it, are these barrels. Yes. So, oh, yes, so, I'm so excited so, for this question. Um, there's no pamphlet. On what's going on with the barrels? Everybody knows that you are doing something,
0: but if you pay attention, there is a little sign that says "What's in me." Yeah. Right, right. I understand it's that. A, it's did the, you
3: just describe it as a little sign? I mean, it's you know. a
1: little. It's a little sign.
3: But but I think a lot of people are wondering what what's going on in those barrels, and uh, what when do people get to taste? Yeah. More specifically, more importantly. Yeah, when do people get to taste what's in those barrels?
0: <laughs> So right now we have three beers, uh, two Belgian Doubles and a Belgian golden strong, aging in different spirit barrels. Yep. Um, one of them is pretty much ready to go. We yeah. yep. pulled samples and tasted them a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And uh, I forget was it the BGS or was it the dubbel in the rum barrel? It was the, double and the rum the barrel. The yeah, dubbel in sure. the rum barrel. So, Ugh, my so
3: David doesn't know. It. David doesn't I know, know this, does. Does. but yeah, I I, I actually there, yeah. I walked in to buy a case of beer and it they sure were did. it just happened that they were it just
1: happened tasting it just happened.
3: tasting, happened. tasting sure. all the barrels and right. they're delicious they don't need to be carbonated but I know they're going to be carbonated
4: I, I yeah they that. have to be carbonated I, I yeah. remember that that was uh that the rum barrel one I think we were guessing we were guessing it was between 12 and 15 percent at the Love point I. in time but that's a guess. So I'm what's not. the
1: plan for those? Are y'all going to bottle those kind of like a like a, like a Sierra Nevada kind of wood? Yeah. That's, so that's
0: what I understand. Those will be specialty bottles. will be like bombers that will sell, at, 750 bombers that will sell at the brewery. And then we'll have a bit of it on tap.
1: Mm. Do we have an
0: ETA for that when people mm. could
1: expect that? Good luck. You could yeah. give me a month. You don't have <laughs> no. to.
0: So... It's a, bit, it's a bit logistics, right? So the the double and the rum barrels, we could pull off and pour that right. Once we carbonate mm, yeah. it, we could do that right now. We've got to bottle it. We don't have bottling equipment, so we've got to figure yeah. that out. We can't right. do the brewery. And th- the th- other two are going to take a minute. They're, uh, m- they're, they're more they're, months away, right, right, three so to the, six months. Six months. Okay. So
1: we're like a month away from potentially having these 750 bottles. Don't quote me
4: on that. So, don't so quote yeah, you, of yeah, course. So, so the rum barrel, I think it, it could be within month, two months, if, if we were. Push to i think so we'll say yeah.
1: august so by august there will at least be information about this that,
4: that's if we were pushed to no call me on that all Don't right <laughs> all right y'all no help somebody get this man off the microphone <laughs> let me put it this way the the rum barrel one i think will go really fast really quickly yeah and i want to buy one when oh, they come out we, i we need to drop the disc exclusive we might um hook you
1: up i love yeah. that there's a possibility <laughs> A lot of probabilities going on. Right. <laughs> so let, let's talk about this. We're talking about drinks that y'all are going to release. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, and you've kind of mentioned the pineapple session, which, by the way, you're welcome for the idea. It was free. Don't worry about paying <laughs> me for it. Um, <laughs> Anybody that tried the custom Chris and, and David brews at the brewery knows that the pineapple session was the best one. No. And we can move on. Um, no. But are there any other, like, you know, have y'all pre-planned any other beers that are coming out later this year that you're kind of excited to talk about? So
4: so there is a very much a very detailed brew schedule in between now and between... I what, thought there might be. December, I think, Jim, is that right? Yes. Th-
3: that was actually my next question on top of him, as, as Jim is looking up these answers for david i want to get um, more concrete answers than just about the hypotheticals honestly, <laughs> honestly our brewery um how how long in advance do y'all plan to brew beer oh, okay. right. or or is it just a so, so we're we, gonna do this let's do it.
4: it well there's a combination of that and a combination of making sure our core of uh, flagships are being brewed properly so you have what, what, what four or five core is that right with five, with uh, Swamp Thing, is that right? Year so, round.
0: No, you got to right. Our Pilsner, uh, Savannah River IPA, Wolf Dog Whitbeer, Dynamite Brown Damn. Ale, uh, finnissy Swamp Thing. Those yes. are our core. So okay. our,
4: our, our five standard year round beers, we have to continuously brew. Right. And we can do what two, two, two thirties, which is a sixty barrel batch. Is that correct? Yeah. So each each fermenter is a. We have seven fermenters at sixty barrels. So we have to continuously have those five on. Yeah. The other two can be something else, but we also have a another thirty barrel. You have multiple expectations putting it. Yeah, out. there there's a lot of there's a lot of play within that now and that's where the brewers have their schedule. Yeah. And they work with their schedule. Right. And we as us as salespeople, we have to like all right, what's your schedule? So we can go on from there, we can start producing, we so right. we can start upselling, whatever.
2: And I will say this, like, as brewers, we have our flagship beers that we have to do, but we also have small batches that we do. So if you come to the brewery, you are able to get a small batch, um, you know, on the tap kind of thing. And so, you know, Ann does an excellent job at our small batch brewing, um, and she has a Stout Women uh, beer that's on tap. Um, We also have the Wise Run Gone, which is going to be for our luau fest, um and that's going to be That'll a be smoked chipotle pineapple wheat beer with we'll similar to, <laughs> yeah so that's going to be something that like We are able, as brewers, we're able to do small batches and allow people to get, like, those custom tastes and stuff
1: like that. That's one thing that y'all do well is there's usually some, at least two or three. There's usually at least two or three small batches. Every week there's something
0: new. Yeah,
5: Yeah. we
2: have a one-barrel system, brew house system, that allows us to brew on a small batch scale. So, like, if we're brewing a big batch flagship, we're brewing 30 barrels, if we do, do a do a dabble, if we yeah, do a no, double if we do a double batch, 60, yeah. it'll be 60 barrels. Okay. But our one-barrel batch allows us to experiment. You know, we can do those one barrels. Like the little things that Chris and I got to do. Exactly. Yeah.
4: yeah. Yes. So Ann and all the brewers definitely have that capability of being able to produce a one-barrel type Right, thing. quickly, if, if they want thing. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I love because then I can say, okay, well— Let's go to an account who's buying five six barrels at a time And that's how you get and I say well thank you for buying here's a six to right. of a one-off and we can do something fun with that all right so Jim, do you have that schedule pulled up
0: I've got a few things yeah
4: let's see let's see you
3: you don't have to give us all of them.
0: But give us give us the, the best one. Give us the, about, right? the highlights. So yeah. we have Smash Attack Volume Four, Single Malt Single Hop IPA.
3: And we did see the lo- the uh, can
4: art oh for that. Goodness. We the proposed so can art. So, the can so can they've art. seen That's the can art. They, they've seen the can art, but I haven't. Oh wow! Well, not official. We know a guy.
0: <laughs> oh no guy. <laughs> We are doing a collaboration with PaceLine. If you don't know PaceLine, check oh, yeah. that out. It's a benefit for the Georgia Cancer Center. I do it. Okay. Ride your bike. Raise money. It's I think of, I have to do this next one, too.
3: David, yeah. I don't think you should. I'm going to try.
0: And so we <laughs> so, are brewing a PaceLine beer called Happy to Help. It's a strawberry blonde ale. We are working with Leonard Zimmerman, pork chop. You know the guy. And he's doing the can artwork for it. That's going to be super cool. Never really? Doubt about oh, it. Yeah. Y'all check
4: that episode out, too. That's a yes. good episode. So... It's a cancer research, set, correct?
0: Yeah, the Georgia Cancer Center. From Love that. It's sure, a really cool sure. charity because every like. You oh, can, so it'll be
1: kind of pinkish. Yeah. With the strawberry blonde, it'll yeah, be pink. exactly that's yeah, kind yeah, of right. cool. Okay. Hundred percent.
0: Was um, that in October? Uh, late summer. Okay. Julyish. Okay. I guess that's midsummer. Yeah. So, um, yeah. our Oktoberfest beer, Uncle Fest beer, will be out mm-hmm. on Octoberfest in September. Same one as last year. Same one as last year. It's a beautiful beer. It's I hear a, I hear y'all are doing beer. more. Or, this year we're doing a big batch right Good. So two years ago we did 30 <laughs> barrels and sold it sold out, out. out immediately last year we did 60 barrels even during covid and sold it mm, out just like that we're, we're doing 90 barrels of it Ooh. it's going to be insane we've already yeah. have pre-orders going on for it now Yeah, eventually probably. you'll make enough but it probably won't be this year <laughs> might, you're right it might be, be next year the two years after it might be next year we may have to expand the brewer house to everyone. That, that that's that's yeah. a good problem to have again it Joe. is <laughs> problems and problems and problems right um we're doing an imperial red ipa late summer called red mall that'll be mm-hmm. out um we're always working on new versions of swamp thing everyone loves Swamp yep. Thing, so we're looking at different fruited versions of swamp thing
4: can i tell them about um the one that we were talking about uh, pudding,
0: the hot dog, water, beer. No, uh, not that one. We're not, not that doing one. We're <laughs> not, Jim.
4: We're not. We could do a
3: podcast. We're not <laughs> supporting that, that on this podcast. podcast. On bad idea, guy. Right?
0: <laughs> if you don't follow me, follow me on bad idea Guy on Instagram. <laughs> I have a lot of them. Um, yes. Yeah, talk about that one. Pudding.
4: Yeah. All right. So pudding. Hey pudding. Puddin hey pudding. Hey, hey, Puddin Puddin is going to be a fun one. So have you you've had beacons or yeah or, yeah right? okay. beacons all just right, beacons. So beacons so so we made a small batch what a couple of years ago is that right Jim last well, year yeah yeah last year it was called beacons are wit yes yes yeah all right so we're going to be doing large batch version
0: of that from what I understand from Adam and Ann, we, so we will be doing something. It's like that. a coffee chocolate wit beer that drinks like banana pudding. And it will be <sighs>
4: amazing.
3: Banana pudding is my
0: uh, I spirit can't even, animal.
4: I can't yeah.
3: even actually under... <laughs> is it, though? It is. It's my spirit <laughs> animal. Spirit animal? <Yeah. laughs> banana pudding.
4: <laughs> so we are, um, I think thematically, I think we're going to be doing something on the can art with the, uh, the old... Um, Oh my god, I can't remember that. The old jailhouse, right? Okay. Across the okay. I yeah, think we're going to do something with that on it. And so is like, that
1: going to be in like the winter time?
4: Um, I think like, it was game plan like was ball. October, okay. October, yeah. November. Right. All right. Give time. us,
1: give us one winter beer that's um, going to come out. of
0: Brenhilde will be back. Our Belgian Dubbel. And of course, Beacons. I would. And will Beacons be will be back, no okay. doubt about it.
4: All right. Well, that's but, a lot to look forward to. Um, do they know about the one Beacons won the award a couple of weeks ago or a couple months ago? I don't know about it. I would uh, love you to tell me. Okay, so uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, but uh, we would sent out Beacons to a uh, a an event up in New York State. Uh, am I wrong?
0: No, Jim, you're right. Jim is okay. verifying information, yeah, but please. you are
4: right. <laughs> so we so we sent out to, to an event in New York State. I think it was about eight thousand entries into this event. He, he I'm, cannot I'm, I'm, I cannot guarantee details. I might be wrong. I apologize if I am. So, and you sent it to, we sent a, it to competition a competition in many New York beers where many beers entered. Okay. And we won silver in the stout category with wow. beacons. Awesome. As you should. Well, thank you. Thank you. We Well, I can't take credit, but I'll let the brewers take credit for that because that, that right there is to their expertise. The We won silver with that. And I think we won gold overall with. Um, or my I, I might be grasping the straws of this one. I apologize if I am. But it's a I think we won gold overall as a as a stout brewery. Because uh, of with the collection overall, Yeah, yeah. Overall okay. as as the collection itself. I think that we won no over- uh, but I could be wrong on that.
1: Well, the fact checkers will yeah, let us please, know. Please, yeah. please
4: let me know if I won or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> every, I don't want to be wrong. Everybody's googling, searching
3: you know, your uh, res- your claim. Please, please, I plead the fifth if I was wrong.
1: Um, <laughs> do y'all enter the beers in a lot of competitions like that?
0: So we're starting to do that more. Um, for whatever reason, when we first opened up, we didn't do a lot of that. Um, we're finding value in it, no doubt. So, we just um, hey, you go
1: ahead and do that son of Kong one. Oh, y- you well. thank me when you get that gold medal. <laughs> yeah,
0: so we just entered, I think, three beers, and we're gonna pull another one into a uh, great American Beer Fest, the largest judge beer competition in America for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Very cool, it's gonna happen in September. It's out in Denver, it's a virtual conference this year, which is sad because it's the best beer I bet it would be ever. a fun one to be at.
1: Yeah,
4: yeah, so so when, um Mike and Brian approached me a couple of years ago and we were friends and they were telling us, oh, well, you need to do this. I was like, well, in my opinion, as a, just an outsider before I even started working for everybody, it's like, you need to, you need to enter as much competition as you possibly can.
0: It is because it's a crapshoot. No doubt about it. Um, These are all blind judged competitions. So the tasters have no idea exactly what they're drinking and you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. That's awesome. And and it's all about recognition at at that point after that.
3: Awesome. So, uh, David, do you have anything that you would like to add? I'm ready to pass it to you. Awesome. So, this is my time to ask y'all the question. Mm. Uh, every guest on the show gets this question at the end of the episode, and we're dropping this podcast. You know, we're dropping <clears throat> the disc that is laid on the city, unfortunately, uh, by talking to y'all that are making this city great in its own way.
1: And, of course, this is going to be the drop the disc
3: question presented by Trainer Gray. There's a lot of media companies in the city of Augusta, which is incredible, we love that. But Trainer Grey Media sticks out. They stick out because they are professional. They stick out because they are there for you. They make sure to take your plan and do exactly what you want, but better. And they have done that for us with Augusta Rocks. And they're doing that right now, dropping the disc, sponsoring this question. And they do not take that lightly, neither do we so drop the disc with trainer gray check them out if you need any help with your media for your company if someone were to walk up to you and talk negatively about augusta what would your response be to them and i'll andrew i'll let you start this
4: i would ask why why okay so okay which i would hear them completely out So okay well you have this list of negative thoughts about this place, but you have never been here, so why would you even have negative thoughts? Don't knock it till you try it. I mean, downtown alone, in the, since I've been growing up, has grown tremendously compared to when I was seven, eight, nine. I mean, I was born in 88, so I mean, even from 88 to now, it's, it's changed a crap ton compared to what it once was. Um, I mean, you, you never know, like it's it's like going anywhere else, like even in Colombia, like you never know. You, you, you don't knock a you try it, because right. if you have a, if you have an issue with something, then. Guess what? You might make a friend when you least expect it down here, and they know five people down down the road that work at five different bars and restaurants or five different places. Then and they know plugged in. exactly. And that's that's what the entire CSRA That's not just with Augusta, that's the entire CSRA. Cause I can go to Aiken, I can knock on one person's door and say, Hey, what's up? And then I know five people that know him. Yeah. If I don't know him personally, I can, you know, same way with here in Augusta. I say, Hey, well, I used to, I know somebody that used to work here. Well, they might know somebody. Right. It's all—it's all about right. connectivity, and obviously that person doesn't have that connectivity with this area. So it's like, why don't you have it? Because now you can make a friend here, but yet you can make five, ten friends down the road. Right. right. So, yeah. That's where I'm.
0: That's where I'm at. I was like, why not?
3: Well, thank you for your answer. I appreciate right. that, Jim. I'm going to let you take this over. Yeah.
0: Did you want to restate your question or just get right into it? Just get right into it. it. Definitely get right into it. Get right right into it. So as I talked about my story uh, earlier on, my wife and I bounced around to a lot of like legitimately great American cities and landed here in Augusta and made the choice to stay here for 20 years. And we're never leaving. We're not going anywhere. You know, knock on wood. But the reason we do is the sense of community that we have in this town. You do have to make an effort, no doubt about it. But if you make an effort to... Go to places and frequent establishments. You make connections. And that's what my wife and I did. We have been downtown folks ever since we've been here. My wife worked downtown. I work downtown. I do now, and she does. And now, working at the brewery, I get to share with people the fruits of that effort, right? So we're a very transient community with the military base, with the colleges, with the medical community. We have a lot of people coming in to Augusta that have never been here before. And also, we get the tourism thing, too. And the first thing, whenever I go to places, I ask bartenders, what do you do here? What's to do here? What restaurant should I go to? And we get to share that story. And so yes, we can share great places and great things to do, but I have this opportunity literally every day to share why I like Augusta. And it's that community thing, right? So definitely we have amazing restaurants and bars, the theaters are opening, um, the outdoor stuff, no doubt about it. I mean, just world-class mountain bike trails at Forks Area Trail System. uh, The canal and the Greenway and Bartram Trail if you're an outdoorsy person with the river, this is a great place. No doubt about it. But the just the fact that, you know, my evidence, my testimony, my wife and I made this effort to stay here and grow this community. We're very active with things that happen here. And I love it every day. I am so happy where we are and we're never moving.
3: Well, thank, thank you, you Jim. Thank you, and Robert. This is your second time to answer this There's like question. There's so much pressure on
1: Robert. I know. Jim <laughs> just did that like massive soliloquy, yeah, I know. and Robert's already answered the
2: question, so he's got to sure take have. it to the next level. I know. So much pressure. So
3: light brown sugar, what do you what (laughs) what light brown
2: sugar? Yes,
4: I love that. If someone if someone
3: someone were to walk up to you and talk negatively about this city, what what would your response be?
2: Well, I would actually tell them, um, Augusta's the land of opportunity. Um I feel like there's a lot of transplants that are here. Um and we have uh, a city that allows us to bring wherever we're from to this city because there's the opportunity here. And I tell everybody this all the time that I feel like Augusta could be the next Greenville, Augusta could be the next, you know, Savannah, Atlanta, you know, these smaller cities, but also the bigger cities, we have the opportunity here and all it takes is just ingenuity, like ideas. Um, you know, the community, like Jim said, Um, and just an understanding of where you are Uh, we're two hours from all really good cities in the south and i think it allows us to kind of bring those ideas together and then um, make the city better so like if somebody comes to me and they say you know this city sucks or whatever i'm like well make it better like what can you do to make this city better kind of thing like where are you from what ideas do you have from where you're from that we can bring into this city and that's kind of how i got into the whole idea of like my, you know, we were going to go back to Atlanta, but I was like, no, Augusta has so much opportunity here that like, let's bring Atlanta to Augusta. Like, let's bring some of the things that we love to go to Atlanta right. for like two hours away. Like we love to go there to experience it. Why do we have to travel two hours to go there and experience that we can bring that here? Why, yeah. why, why do we have to go an hour to Columbia to experience it? We can bring that here kind of thing. And so I think that a lot of the people that, if they say like Augusta's, you know, or Disgusta or whatever the case may be is like, no, think about, think outside the box. Like what can you do to make this city better because you're here now, but we also have like an opportunity to make this city better. Like we are in a like prime time for Augusta because there's not many cities that have not been overdeveloped yet. And Augusta's not overdeveloped yet. Right. You you go on Broad Street, there's many dilapidated buildings. There's many, like, you know, things that could, like, be in downtown Augusta that aren't there yet. And so I tell people all the time, I'm like, bring your ideas to downtown. Like, bring your ideas to the city because what we need here is that growth. And we are growing, but I feel like there's so many more ideas. There's so many more, like, You know community and like companies that could come here and make the city better kind of thing so i just think it's just an opportunity to growth and i think we're now transitioning into that period after COVID. ac or a b b c -C, what do you say ac 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 b c -C, -C. C yeah there you go so i feel like we're in the ac period where like we actually you know as a community can grow the city
1: well thank you so much. The three
2: of uh, y'all, it's been incredible to have y'all.
1: Thank y'all so much for taking the time. Uh, It's about time that we catch up with with the brewery. We're really happy to do that. Um, Y'all check it out. Uh, The uh, Luau Fest is July 10th. There's a lot of other events, so make sure you're following them on your social media. Uh, Savannah River Brewing Company. Savannah
3: Savannah
0: River Brew. SavannahRiverBrew.com, Facebook and Instagram.
1: There you go. Uh, Follow Jim at Bad Idea Guy just because he's funny. (laughs) That's Um, real good. And uh, Robert, you'll have to let us know when you put your first beer out.
2: Oh yeah, it's gonna
1: because I'm I want it's it. It's gonna happen. I would Hazy like IPA it.
2: IPA from Savannah Brewer, Contract Brewing, Tap Thirty Three. We're gonna do it. So
1: yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you all so much for thank being here. Thank you, thank you
2: guys.
1: And thank you for tuning into this episode of the Drop the Disc podcast. We hope that you guys thoroughly enjoyed your Fourth of July weekend, and we hope that our podcast somehow made things just a little bit better for you. We really do hope that you tune in to Deke's new podcast, The Changemaker. It's out now wherever you stream your podcast. And with no further ado, here's Chris with Around Augusta. Hey
3: guys, this is Chris with Around Augusta. I've got a lot of cool things that I want to talk about this week. Um, First off, there's a new coffee shop coming in on Georgia Avenue in North Augusta. We, as Augusta, love coffee shops. You can't have that many. You, you can have as many as you want. There is no limit. It's always a great place to have meetings. It's a great place to do studying. It's just all around a great way to enjoy the city. So looking forward to that coffee shop coming to North Augusta. There is going to be a brand new park coming to Columbia County. That's one thing that the CSRA kind of lacks when you compare it to the Atlanta area. Augusta and the surrounding areas don't have many parks. Um, Of course, you have the parks around the lakes, but this is an incredible opportunity for outdoor activity to be added to the city um, and to the surrounding areas. We also have a new Starbucks is being proposed for the Walton Way medical district area. A lot of you may be upset about this. A lot of you may be excited about this. In my personal opinion, I think we need a little bit more chain-like, franchised like places in the downtown area. There's always a better thing going on when there is everything available downtown. And a Starbucks is not a bad idea, especially with the medical district, especially with all the college students. Um, this is exciting news. And that is all I have for Round Augusta with Chris. Guys, if you know anything coming to the city, if you hear any rumors and you want me to talk about it and be the first to talk about it, please DM us on drop the disc pod at gmail.com or you can DM us on our Instagram, drop the podcast with an underscore between drop the disc and podcast. Looking forward to hearing from y'all and see y'all next week.